if I may lean upon you, our listener, for some prayer, I'd appreciate it. My wife and I will be attending a funeral today and uh, singing for the service of a dear friend, and so we'd greatly appreciate your prayers for us, but more specifically for the family of the deceased. He was a saved man, a good man, but uh, the opportunity for the gospel's sake will be presented, and so pray with us about that if you would. Today will be our last day in chapter 12, entitled The Birthplace of Revival, with E.M. Bounds' book, Purpose in Prayer. Let's begin. George Whitfield once prayed, O Lord, give me souls or take my soul. It's been said that after much closet pleading, he once went to the devil's fair and took more than a thousand souls out of the paw of the lion in a single day. Hmm, I wonder, parenthetically here if I can, I wonder at my boldness beyond the pulpit, much less at a festival of drunken revelry. Hmm, I wonder if my level of prayer is directly correspondent to my level of boldness. Charles Finney has said, Mr. Bounds continues, I once knew a minister who had a revival, 14 winters in succession. I did not know how to account for it until I saw one of his members get up in a prayer meeting and make a confession. Fellow believers, he said, I have long been in the habit of praying every Saturday night till after midnight for the descent of the Holy Ghost among us. And now, and he began to weep, I confess that I have neglected it for two or three weeks. The secret was out. That minister had a praying church. H.C. Fish has told the following account of how the prayers of one man brought about a revival. An aged saint once came to the pastor at night and said, We are about to have a revival. He was asked why he knew so. His answer was, I went into the stable to take care of my cattle two hours ago, and there the Lord has kept me in prayer until just now, and I feel that we are going to be revived. And it was the commencement of a revival. And so we might go on multiplying illustration upon illustration to show the place of prayer in revival and to demonstrate that every mighty movement of the Spirit of God has had its source in the prayer chamber. The lesson of, of it all is this. That as workers together with God, we must regard ourselves as in not a little measure responsible for the conditions that prevail around us today. Are we concerned about the coldness of the church? Do we grieve over the lack of conversions? Do our souls go out to God in midnight cries for the outpouring of his spirit? If not, part of the blame lies at our door. If we will do our part, God will do his. There are two paragraphs left. But I'll say this by way of personal illustration. Had the opportunity to lead a young man to the Lord on Sunday at the First Baptist Church of Dwight. One of the first Sundays I was back in the home church and did not have a meeting that Sunday. Had the chance to lead him to the Lord at the altar after a great message that really it touched on the furtherance of the gospel, but it didn't really touch on the gospel itself. But thankfully, the Holy Spirit can do a work regardless. And he's since been back Sunday night and Wednesday night. And it's such a blessing to see growth. He's working on the first discipleship study from our ministry right here at Bible Tracks Incorporated. But the thought just struck me as I was reading. 
did he come to church and get saved because of my prayers? Well, thinking back and taking stock and inventory of my prayer life leading up to this past Sunday, I don't believe that I could take the credit for it. Now, if I had prayed, I still couldn't take credit for it because it's all a God. But in all seriousness, who prayed, I wonder? Who paved the way through prayer? Let's finish up. Little prayer is the characteristic of a backslidden age and of a backslidden church. Whenever there is little praying in the pulpit or in the pew, spiritual bankruptcy is imminent and inevitable. Around us is a world lost in sin. Above us is a God willing and able to save. It is our duty to build the bridge that links heaven and earth, and prayer is the mighty instrument that does the work. Spurgeon has said, If any minister can be satisfied without conversions, he shall have no conversions. And so the old cry comes to us with insistent voice. Pray, brethren, pray. Well, sometimes after I read these, I think, man, that short passage was worth the price of admission for this book by itself. Tomorrow on the podcast, I have a special announcement about something else coming up on the podcast very soon, nary 48 hours away. Hope you'll stick around for that. And again, would you pray for my wife and I as we minister through song at this funeral? We'd greatly appreciate it. God bless. Have a great day for his glory.